Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Detroit Dart Talk. We have a full house here today. We got now it's just me and Tim here physically in the studio, and we got our buddy Grijas. Say what up, dude? Hey, what's up, dude? (laughs) So this episode, we have a few different topics. Uh, We're going to start off by talking about a blaster and mod potential and all that stuff. The first one is going to be the Hypnos. Uh, Jesse, or Grijas, um, has recently added a line of products to his uh, his store specifically for the Hypnos. So he, he's pretty intimate with it at this point. So why don't you, uh, why don't you take it away, Grijas? Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with the Hypnos. So on seeing the Hypnos, I definitely knew that it was one of those things that uh, looked like it needed parts, and I thought that one of the things that it could really use is some kind of rail for the left side, because a lot of people are right side, you know, they shoot with their right. So um, I thought that why not make something that installs easily enough? I mean, it installs way easier if you actually open up the blaster. Um, but put a rail that's on the side so that you can quick load and get a quick reload and, you know, for those last minute things. Gotcha. I was looking a little bit at your design, uh, uh, the other night at, at our competitive, which we'll get into competitive in a little bit, but that, that, that left side clip is like perfectly positioned for reloading. Yeah, I felt like it just it was so much effort for someone who shoots at their their right hand, you know, right hand dominant, uh, to get that extra clip the way that Nerf had designed. And I wondered why they didn't put a rail on the left side to offset, because that they put the Hypnos is a right-handed blaster completely for other reasons. Like you talk about how the mag release is only on the left side. You've got the uh, stock that folds, you know, and folds so that the right side is open more. So you got all those, and then with that, you have that rail on the right side, and it just doesn't make any sense because you have to flip the blaster sideways to get a good grab on uh, the clip or mag that goes there. And, you know, I thought I would make it a little bit easier. And even if all you do is use it as your backup reload like your last reload that is totally easy to do you can do a quick swap by tilting up the hypnos and then taking that clip and or mag and an insert so that was like number one thought that i wanted to do no it it, uh, works well so kudos to you for that and then uh you also redesigned a new uh pump for it right yeah, I uh, I did. Um, it's not my favorite thing because with designing uh, for selling stuff, it you have to put into account of how long it takes and how much it's going to cost and how much, uh, like when you're printing it, obviously when you're printing for yourself, uh, everything you print, it all doesn't matter about how much time it takes. It's for yourself. But when you're talking about like going into some kind of uh, like production rates and knowing how long things take and you have to kind of make a little bit of of choices, 
And the Picatinny one came out really nice. Uh, it's unfortunately not as small as I'd like it, but that's mostly because the hip nose has the tab that goes so low. So I did what I could to, to cover the tab and then allow a Picatinny uh, insert so that, or rail so that you can use any kind of Picatinny uh, grip. Okay. And it works, works pretty well. Um, again, it's not the best because I want to keep it at a certain price point. But I think that the idea behind it is so much better than just, you know, say even gluing a Picatinny rail onto the stock uh, little grip that they've got there. Yeah, I, I'm always leery of just adhesive to, to bond a, uh, a rail attachment point to something that's going to be taking that much uh, force because you got to prime the blaster. Especially yeah. if you, especially if you upgrade the internals, right? Because I, I know Naptown has done a K twenty six mod on it, and I'm sure there are other people out there as well. But when you're putting the, you know, those spring loads on something that's just glued on, that that scares me. Yeah, I mean, between the fact that you're balancing the spring load with also having gears, you want something that's going to be smooth, and you don't want to to really have it. Uh, even even feel a little bit wobbly and that's the thing where like i don't know how even proper adhesive would do under that kind of stress uh because it just requires so much to work right right um have you heard of anything else being done other than the k26 that's all i'm aware of i don't think anybody else has really done anything internally have they no i mean mostly just your typical lock removal yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. It's it's a great blaster in concept. feels great in hand, uh, even more so with uh, with Jesse's, uh, with Grijas's, uh new gear. But, uh, I don't know, we haven't been uh, too fond of it in the club here, at least stock performance. Yeah, no, we're, right now, uh, our hypnos are uh, out of commission. Oh, no. Yeah, so we got to take a look at that. Um yeah, last weekend they took a beating. We had one that was working yesterday, and I had it out back, and we had a pretty rowdy corporate outing, and oh. they came in, and sometimes certain groups act like they know the, own the place and went around back, and I found it was in play, and, of course, it broke, and I was like, oh, oh you guys, no. you guys suck. Yeah. I mean, the problem is the Hypnos has such great ergonomics that yeah. it feels really comfortable, but it just does not perform up to that level. And um, I haven't had uh, that much luck with mine. It always seems to not like anything, not fresh balls, you know, uh, rounds or whatever. Um, and, and that's the weird thing is, is like it performs decent as far as uh, shooting and accuracy for me, but it sometimes jams up when it's priming. It's, it's just a, a temperamental, little thing and it's all because of that elevator mechanism that they designed for it and that's that's fine it's it's a a broad concept i'm just trying to find ways to probably make that better and at some point i'll even open up my own and see if i can figure out why it seems to do so bad in terms of no you know having that little bit of of resistance and it not wanting to prime completely for it yeah, and you said something interesting there because 
a few weeks ago, and I think you even kind of posted this footage to the Dark Club uh, YouTube page, uh, Matt and I had a one-on-one war where we each used hypnosis. And I didn't have any jamming issues, um, but uh, Matt jammed quite a bit, and I think that's what ended up winning me the match. But I had some pretty severe... um, accuracy issues like i could i had to get real close to get my tags in where his was pretty accurate when it wasn't jamming so it's interesting that we had two of the same stock blasters and and he was uh not having accuracy issues but he was jamming and i was vice versa so i guess it all comes down to inconsistency in the it's a super platform it's super inconsistent which is disappointing because it's so dang comfortable it looks so cool but yeah, very very cool looking, very very nice ergonomically, and just does not perform to aspect. And I don't know what to get to that point, but I definitely want to see what we can do. We just need to put flywheels in it. Wouldn't that just be a, a Zeus or not a Zeus? Um, Atlas. Well, with flywheels, with flywheels. Oh. Around. Yeah. No, what's oh, that, yeah, yeah, what's, yeah, what's yeah. Uh, no, the one I... that Eric rocks? What's oh, that? the the Hera. No. Yeah, hmm? there's the Hera. But the Hera no, there is the Hera. The Hera is one of the newer. Apollo's out there. Um, a Nemesis is out there. I mean, those are oh, all the flywheel based. The Chaos. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Chaos. Chaos yeah. is. All... Yeah. And don't get me wrong, its ergonomics are great, and I've I've joked about putting flywheels in it just to make it work, but. I still want to figure out a decent spring-based system, and I don't know what will do it right, but I feel like almost like there's a clutch making it so that whenever it has resistance, it stops. I'm sorry, you you cut out there for a second, Jesse. A clutch so that it stops what? Um, so that like when you're priming it and it gets st- stuck and there's resistance, it stops working. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I remember you mentioning something about that at uh, at our last event. So, move on. Yeah, I I think we've said pretty much all we can about the hypnos at this point until somebody uh, like Jesse figures out a way to make it uh, that next tier blaster. So, um, so next we'll talk about uh, recent events, and uh, we actually had our first uh, official scored. Uh, Detroit Dart League competitive night. Uh, we're using the Ion Rush format, uh, thanks to Atomic Dart League for for that rule set. And uh, Grihas was there with us. Uh, kind of recorded quite a bit of it. And I think you only ended up playing one match, right? Yeah. Um, but you, I know you posted like four of the matches, and we we only yes. got six in. So okay. Um, but yeah, we we're we're absolutely enjoying Ion Rush out here in Detroit. Um. And I, I love that layout. Very, yeah. very fast paced. Yep. Yeah. It, uh, you know, the club's uh, arenas aren't quite laid out to what Ion Rush was intended, but I, we make it work pretty good. I think we need to tweak it a little bit to help make the, um, the two halves of the arena more equal. I, I think that just as is, the, um, I guess what you'd call the near side, the side closer to the entrance, is a little bit. Uh, has has the advantage, uh, but with a little bit of proper placement with uh, uh, cover and whatnot, I think that the the far side 
can just as easily uh, make up for it. What What did you think, Grijas? So when I'm when I'm out there, like I felt I tried to do caliber and, and I just wasn't doing it. I know there had been uh, Eric sniping, uh, Pete Fuzzy Pete was sniping. I mean, he had, I know he had had his prophecy so he was kind of like playing mid-range um but like eric and sam were both playing snipers and they seemed to tear it up because if you stepped out of line they had a lot of shots on you and there's a lot of cover too so it's not like you're not getting enough cover but uh once i switched to a strife i felt like playing forward a lot more and i think that the Imbalance isn't so bad. It's mostly due to the towers. Um, one having uh, a little bit more cover because it's the left or the the wall side tower uh, is short or smaller, so that it has that uh, place where you can. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it it's, it feels smaller. Yeah. I think it is by like maybe a foot. The, yeah, the far so side just... tower is narrower. But also the near side tower, the one that has the more space, also has a gap on the right side, on the side. So you can shoot over the top like the other towers, but you can also go to the side and do lower shots from the side peeking out. Whereas you can't do that from and the other towers. I I don't think it, that that width is even that big of a deal. I think one of the biggest differences is that that tower doesn't, it has a little bit extra protection from those barrels that were alongside it. And I think that if those barrels aren't there, it forces that player to play a lot tighter to that structure. And then not only that, but if that player is uh, say a strife or something, uh, it allows them a running lane instead. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think our, our matches tended to be quite sniper heavy. Um, maybe because there was not a direct path. Um, but I mean, you, you were right. Cause we had Eric and, uh, Pete fuzzy Pete and, uh, Sam and myself were all using long range, uh, snipers. I was in one of the towers with my caliber and all the time as was Eric. Oh, and Brett, uh, Brett also had oh, his, yeah. uh, he had his, uh, what is it? Exus too? Exus, yeah. 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 And that thing, um, when he had the right darts, was a beast. He he was using some cut down elites to begin with, and those weren't doing too good for him. But once he switched to the worker half links, he was he was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like in in our in Detroit, snipers are really heavy oriented because of the fact that the field is so thin compared to like other setups, and. Snipers definitely have a little bit of advantage with those towers in the rear. Uh, they do prop you up just enough to give you a little bit more uh, chances of shooting uh, the people in the mid range, and you know that's, that's. I think that's not a bad thing, but the problem, I guess, the mid range people have to find out is um, if they can get the caps, either the eliminations from mid range, say like strafes. Uh, the mid-range set, sets of barrels, stuff that's near the middle but not quite at the mid. Um, if they can get the eliminations, that's going to be like how they 
work. Otherwise, they're going to have to go for that flag cap. And I do know that it did work where um, somebody had played uh, the runner and then John came up with the flag cap right behind them. And the runner got, you know, eliminated. And then John, you know, touched the Right, so the, the runner flag. acted as a meat shield. Mm-hmm. Well, not even that. He just, he was able to throw off the guy sniping. Gotcha. Because that was really the only way they were going to get close. Right. Yeah, no, there definitely was some good strategy, uh, you know, thinking out. Um, I, I love the fact... I think that was Chris. Yeah, yeah, he was a beast. Um, he was using 25-round drums. So, I mean, he had a lot of uh, fire power without having to reload at his disposal too so um and one of the other things i love about and we're following in, in atomics uh footsteps uh in the way we do this is how no, we haven't we were never using the same teams in any um any matches is you know the three round matches so it was never a matter of you got too comfortable with the same other three players and and you know building up a strategy because every match somebody had cycled to the other team so it uh it forced everybody to think more on their feet as the match was going rather than yeah i mean there were definitely matches where early game it felt like i had gotten tagged out by a certain person so when they're on my team I know who's going to play the forward, who's going to to play the sniper. And then there were times where as soon as I'm on that other team uh, against that person, I'm immediately trying to figure out the best way to take them out. Right. Yeah, and, and I don't think we ever ended up in this situation, but you could end up having where the guys that are end up playing the, the forwards, the runners all end up on the same team and then you have you know an, an entire team of snipers too so it, it, it keeps the balance shifting because like you said we had you know yeah, four think... or five people playing you know heavy sniper and then we had a couple guys with um relatively low powered strifes compared to what the caliburns and prophecies and stuff were putting out yeah i know uh john was running his uh strife that was basically a sack strife with uh some uh what are they called? IMRs. Uh, the the batteries, the eighteen six fifties, or yeah, they, I, I think he's, I think he's got IMRs. Anyways, on. yeah, IMRs. Uh, well, they're called something else too. But oh. he was running that stock strife with that, and he was still getting tags. Uh, there was nothing. I mean, you're talking about a hundred FPS, maybe a hundred and ten at right. best. Um, I was running a uh, containment crew cage, uh, one of their typhoon cages. Uh, in mine, and then I know Chris was running a uh, forty-two and a half cage, uh, which I mean we were hitting like I think it was one forty, one fifty, and like the shots were were landing, especially once I started using waffles. But you definitely uh, had people, even strifes, even like I said, the stock strife that was still doing a lot of work because he does a lot of work as a person. Yeah, he was moving. And uh, the strife, I mean, he I don't he had some body parts on it. It wasn't like a super compact blaster. Um but he still was doing a lot of moving. He made good use of those knee pads he was wearing. 
you know, running and sliding oh. and diving. I mean, but that's that's part of Ion Rush is using a lot of speed to achieve your goals. And that's why I almost feel like the field is pretty good in terms of, of obstacles. I mean, there were some that I would say remove them, but not remove them because, oh, there's too much cover. No, remove them so that the, the stripes have more room to run because that will open up uh, spots where the snipers can't control because then, you know, I mean, at 250 FPS, you will get a lot of shots where you will probably get them out, but having room to run is definitely one of those things that uh, the guys, the fitness guys, it'll just make up for. Yeah, so, I mean, basic layout, I mean, we're, we're using two of the club's arenas, and essentially in, in each of the two arenas, you have a piece of cover in each of the four corners and then a pillar in the center with barrels. So you have five main areas of cover, and then that's duplicated for the second half. So are, are you thinking that we move the barrels out of that center where the pillar is to make a straight, you know, like a couple of straight so, channels? Talking about the mid towers mostly. I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? I've got, I'm talking mostly about the mid towers where those barrels are uh, that are alongside the. Okay, so like the ones closest to the center of the two arenas have a couple of barrels coming off the sides. You're saying move those then. Yeah, I would say move those. And even with uh, the one that's uh, the close side where, you know, it has a little bit more tower, you could even put them against the wall so that that removes the um, difference between the layout. The fact that the other tower is thinner. Okay. That's an interesting, we'll have to look at that layout then. I like that. So, do we have? A, we don't know when the next competitive. We have is. not set it up yet. No. Um, I know Eric's been looking at actual like indoor soccer fields. Yeah, I mean, we've been uh, moving. We're planning to move to Sundays, which uh, I think we've been trying to figure out if there's a, a venue where we can do it earlier in the day. Um, so it'll. it'll yeah, be I would think. So, like, I love the Dirt Club because, I mean, Connor, you're an awesome dude, and we have a lot of fun just being able to hang out. Uh, we don't maximize our time the best, and that would be one of the things that we'd have to change if we did go through with the soccer arena or something like that, like Iron Rush does, or the ADL does. Um, and that's the thing, though, is I really like the Dirt Club, but we do have to figure out what's the best day for all of our members so that we can all attend or as many as possible can attend because playing 5v5 or, I mean, we played a lot of 4v4 games and it was fun. There's still a lot of competition there, but 5v5, you know, making use of the various covers and getting used to the format because other clubs... You broke up there for the last like ten seconds. Yeah, you said because other clubs, and then we lost you. Are, okay, other clubs are running that format where they're, you know, the ADL format where it's small or thin bunkers, not even bunkers. They're they're thin obstacles that uh, have that little bit of cloth in. Them. 
Right. Yeah, it definitely would uh, would change our playstyle some. Um, moving to a different arena and doing more traditional mobstacles, um, and probably would inspire more gameplay like we're seeing out of uh, Atomic Dart League. Uh oh, did we lose you, Jesse? What'd you say? Oh, okay. I mean, I agree. Yeah. So. All right. Well, um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll keep you guys updated when we have our next event and and see uh, what comes of it. So, um, well, let's move on to what we had intended to be our main topic, and uh, you know, the big buzz in the uh, the nerfing world right now is that uh, End Wars location has finally been announced, um, and and here in Detroit, um, our club has been uh, quite aggressively f- trying to figure out who and how and where they are going to get down there and stay so that uh, we can uh, participate in the uh, the premier event for for our hobby. Um, you know, very quickly uh, after it was announced, um, several of us were, were already on the websites checking out uh, Airbnbs and hotels and plane ticket prices and, and discussing is it, you know... Um, logistically what's the word i'm looking for it, it, would it be more <sighs> is it better to fly or drive yeah or my i'm having a break just what makes the most sense really to get words there and... are failing me <laughs> basically uh, we're pumped it's yeah, happening yeah i'm excited uh, uh talking about like trying to get a party bus you know oh but then you have to worry about like chauffeur's licenses and things like that so there's been a, a ton of discussion going on um, and I think everybody has pretty much from our area decided they're going to fly um, just because it's, I don't know, like a 14-hour car ride. Yeah, I've done those drives. I, I can't yeah. anymore. <laughs> we, we were invited to um, jump in on a, a tour bus with uh, a bunch of the Ohio uh, HVZ community, but they're meeting in... Was it Columbus, I think? I don't remember. I remember you guys talking about it. it. it Sounds it, like fun. It, it'd be amazing, but it's still, what, a four or five-hour car ride for us from Detroit down oh, to yeah. where they're meeting, and and then you still have to pay for the transportation on the bus to get to Entenwar, and then you know, you're know you at the bus's mercy instead of your own. So, um, But uh, Detroit Dart Talk, we have uh, secured a B&B, an Airbnb, so... Uh, we hope to be uh, recording a, a couple of episodes while we're down there and, and giving you guys our experience. Maybe Throwing the biggest party <laughs> at Endor. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully we'll have some uh, special guests for you guys in, uh, in our uh, touring studio and uh, uh, bring you all the details from FoamCon and Endor and uh, whatever else may be going on that weekend. Um, yeah, we'll try to get as much content as possible. Yeah. Um, uh, Jesse, you're not coming. No, I uh, actually. It comes down to a scheduling conflict, yeah. and so it's one of those things where I just don't have the time off to make it down there, as well as do all the other fun plans that uh, my wife and I have done this year. I completely understand. I feel you. You'll be missed. You will be missed. Yeah. 
We might have I might have a Jesse shirt or something. Where's yeah. Jesse? Oh, where's Grehas? Where's Grehas? That'd be awesome. That. Um, I mean, I can hook you up with one. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure we were hoping to have you have you down there because it, you know it'd be it'd be nice to have uh, um, you know more familiar faces around the uh, booths at uh, at FoamCon. I we, we've discussed possibly uh, trying to do a booth, but I don't know if that'll happen. I know we all want to be roaming around and possibly, uh, you know, ducking into, um, you know, less busy areas and, and recording, you know, five, 10 minute sessions with various people is something we've talked about. And we just can't do that if we have to be responsible for manning a booth for the entire convention. So there's some fun things about manning a booth. Yes. And uh, it's, you've, you've experienced. Yeah. It's one of those things where you just, you meet everybody who has ever heard of you and it's great. It's, it's exhausting, but it's great at the same time. You talk to so many people. Is it like when you had your booth, was it possible just like even put up a sign and be like, we'll be back in like one hour. We're off (laughs) recording people or something. Or, I mean, you wouldn't say that, but are you able to ditch your booth for like a minute? So the most I was able to do once Tom showed up, Tom, I know he was supposed to be helping Luke uh, out of darts uh, over on his booth. And I don't know um, over there. I don't even know what was going on over there because I wasn't over there all day. Uh, I was able to get him to come over for a short time and watch my booth and act like he was Grihas. (laughs) But for the most part, yeah, I mean, it was like less. You got cut out there. Last thing we heard was blah. Oh, it was like less than 10 minutes. Oh, Oh, wow. And see, that's my fear because I I love going around and checking out, you know, what uh, Devil's Nerf Works may have done and, you know, getting to spend a few minutes chatting with Jesse and Jackie, even though I, you know, chat with Jackie almost all the time on on Facebook Messenger these days. Um, It's nice to have that freedom. Yeah. I was going to say, you guys might have a little bit more freedom because there's more of you. Yeah, and that is true because there will be, you know, four of us plus, uh, um, you know, plus possibly some other, you know, guys from the club might be able to man our booth like you um, had uh, Tom do. Yeah, and I mean, one of the fun things that you could also do is even do a small recording studio setup where... Basically, you have it so that you record what people want to say to people who didn't visit. Oh, that's a really good idea. Shout outs to uh, to people's friends. Yeah, well, I mean, just like in general, be like, hey, we're Detroit Dart Talk. If you had one thing to say about FoamCon and End War, what would Yeah, we could have literally, this could be our booth. Yeah, basically, that's a really good idea. I like that. We could do a mega, mega episode, even yeah, like <laughs> couple hour episode. Well, and and you'd start with B roll. You start with B roll of like the whole phone gun tour, like you did uh, this last time. I, I watched that video. You were pretty early in getting it out too. Um, you could take that video and have that as your. 
as as the b-roll those messages i mean you'd have to filter them to make sure that everybody stayed good but yeah yeah and and with your uh your lovely new uh, osmo camera filming footage going around the uh oh i plan on getting yeah i'm going all out for videoing this year um and if we ever need to get away, we could like go to the store and get some like mannequins or something. Just... <laughs> yeah, and that's very true. I mean, there's not we're not. It's not like we're going to be selling merchandise, so yeah, it'd be very easy to put up a sign that says Detroit Dart Talk is out on recording. Come come find us on the floor or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. We don't. We're not selling like yeah printed stuff where we need to explain it. I guess yeah. I don't know. We probably should reach. And out. you're not showing off your shiny new Jupiter or anything. Exactly. Right. Uh, it's a very good point. Maybe we, maybe we will con- uh, look into getting a table. So I mean, it would it would be an option, and it would help help spread uh, the germs, <laughs> or the news <laughs> of Detroit Dark Talk, uh, because that would just be be super fun. And then also, you connect with the human element of FoamCon and End War, and and show how it's like to be there. Yeah, yeah, I think we should do it. Yeah. We'll have to uh, we'll sense. have to get a table banner made or a tablecloth. Good, yeah. Huh. We're definitely going to like Walmart to pick out our outfits, and <laughs> we're, uh, might as well get everything there. Yeah, I have to figure out the easiest way to get our logo on a table runner. Three hmm. D print. I mean, it's not hard. You three D print everything. Uh, <laughs> if you've got cloth table tables uh or you know tablecloth uh you can do uh you cut out again there jesse we can do what uh you can do vinyl oh uh, darn i wish we knew somebody who did vinyl cutting yeah, who does that i hear there's other people in my <laughs> <laughs> I think Foam Blast actually does vinyl cutting. Maybe that's something we could talk uh, about. Yes, they do. Uh, and then, of course, we do. Um, I mean, we have done shirts for ourselves and a little bit of shirts here and there. And we're looking at doing even screen printing in the future. Uh, we now have the idea of how to do it. We just have to actually go, you know, bulk order a bunch of shirts and then go. Gotcha. Um,. Traveling, yeah. <laughs> our main topic. Yeah, I so guess, um, let's. Uh, you pulled up some TSA stuff. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to talk a little bit about the various uh, things that we've been discussing and have at least been going through my mind um, about the logistics of actually doing this travel. Because this year it's not just hopping into a car and, and drudging through the, the four or five hour car ride. I mean, we actually have to fly to this one. So. Um, yeah, obviously the first thing is we're going to an event where we're using blasters and, and everybody in our hobby, well, most most people in our hobby aren't content with just using uh, stock performance blasters. So you have to bring your own blaster that you've pre-prepared um, as well as your gear. And there's some intricacies to uh, to doing that. So obviously the first thing you have to... to um, hurdle you have to deal with is the fact that you're bringing what is essentially a toy firearm replica on a airplane with you so that's something that tsa um 
regulates. So I went to the TSA website and I, I looked up toy guns. Uh, toy guns and weapons is an actual category on their uh, their FAQ, which the TSA.org website has a fully searchable um, FAQ on what can you bring. And it breaks it, it gives a description of what their expectation is and it, it breaks it down and says, can you carry it on? It, bring it in your carry-on bags or can you do it in your check bags? And it'll give you a yes, a no, or a yes with special instructions. So for their toy guns and weapons category, um, it says carry-on bags, yes, with special instructions. And then it says checked bags, yes, no no restrictions. And then in the, the details, what they say is, while these types of toys are generally permitted, we recommend that you pack them in your checked baggage. Uh, squirt guns, nerf guns, it specifically uses the word nerf, uh, toy swords or other items that resemble realistic firearms or weapons are prohibited. Um, we recommend emptying water guns, which must follow the three one, one liquids rule. Um, so you need to put your blasters in your checked baggage. Um, you know, even though it says that, uh, toys are generally permitted, you don't want to risk, um, getting to the security checkpoint and then, uh, yeah, with your seven hundred dollar exactly, blaster. and they do not give back anything that they confiscate. Really, no, I know that they sell it as uh, a way to raise funds. Really, mm-hmm. so when people get like their drones confiscated, they exactly. don't get them back. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, TSA keeps it and then they auction it off. <laughs> so I did not know yeah, I, I would not. <laughs> and and you know that the, at the auction, an FDL is not going to go for nearly the the love and effort that you put into it. I think a lot of people would be like, what is that? <laughs> Thinking it's an actual firearm. Exactly. <laughs> so make sure that your uh, checked luggage can can handle bla- your blasters. You know, if you have uh, a 3D printed blaster, you're bringing like an FDL or a Caliburn, and make sure that you package it appropriately. Um, but remember that TSA is going to be going through your baggage. Uh, they sample about 5% of the baggage that's going through. And I think they are x-raying everything. So if they see something that looks like uh, it was questionable, they're probably going to target that as one of the 5%. Um, so you want to make sure that however you securely package what you're taking in your checked luggage, um, it's easy for them to get to and, and inspect because if you have your blaster wrapped up in a bunch of bubble wrap to, to help protect it, they're going to cut that open, and they're not, they're not going to take the time to properly secure it again. They're going to rip it open, check what it is, throw it back, and then zip it back up. So what I plan on doing with my FDL is uh, uh, layering it um, inside a couple of layers of clothing. And I don't know, I might even write a very quick, easy-to-read note to TSA and lay it on the top of my uh, my clothing. There, I've, I've been researching or been trying to find whether or not that's kosher or not. I haven't found anything yet, so I'm going to keep looking. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't hurt, I feel. Uh, what if you got, like, one of those, like, cheap cases from um, uh, Harbor Freight or something? You know what I'm talking about? And just, like, with the foam in there and just kind of cut out a groove. <laughs> kind of like what you have, but, like, a smaller... I don't know if without freak them out or something. I, I I'd be concerned that that would freak them out more. I, I I'm still going to do more research onto the best way to to transport it. Uh, like with that and just getting a sharpie yeah. and being like Nerf blaster you know, or something I, on it. I'm going to reach out to Jesse because I know that he. Oh no, he shipped his. 
because he went over to Terminal Infection yeah. in Scotland, but they he and Drex shipped their FDLs mm-hmm. and picked them up once they got. Yeah, over. I was gonna say. Do you think that's the uh, best way to do because it? Because the FDL is way more electronics than normal. I'm like, I wonder how it would be to like have that even on the plane, even on your uh, your check. So, right. th- one of the things that. I looked up, and and this wasn't from the TSA website. This was from a, uh, a uh, it, I think it's realsimple.com had a, a quick checklist of things. And it does say uh, small portable electronic items such as smaller than standard size laptops, cell phones, tablet devices, um, you know, they're okay. They don't, uh, the smaller items don't even need to be removed from baggage during screening. Um, so, I mean, you, you are allowed to transport electronics like that. Um, you just can't have the batteries in them. You know, like uh, drones were something that was mentioned too. And, and I, I, I should have pulled up the drone um, entry on the TSA website, and I didn't. But it did say that drones needed to be checked. Um, so I, I really feel like a, an FDL falls into like the same category as, as a drone for that aspect because I, the FDL-1 was made from a drone. So it's got a lot of the I same mean, internals. I mean, that's definitely definitely how i would go about it because the fdl it's not just the flywheels or just the motors or anything like that it's all the electronic circuitry other than that that's what's going to look a little bit sketchy right it's not going to be the the motor yeah you have two printed circuit boards you have the the display you've got the um the pusher motor um the two flywheels obviously so yeah there's there's a lot of wiring going on in there um, yeah, I can only imagine what that's going to look like on an X-ray. Yeah. And, you know, a spring-powered blaster like a Caliburn or a Spring Thunder or something, that's going to be a lot more straightforward. Uh, I may reach out yeah. to uh, Project FDL and ask them to throw something out on the FDL user group for suggestions for traveling with it. Um, And... The other part of the FDL that I'm going to be, have to be dealing with is uh, my batteries. Now, uh, TSA has a specific entry for lithium batteries, and what they say is that lithium batteries with 100 watt hours or less uh, can be carried on and can be checked with special instructions. And then it says lithium batteries with more than 100 watt hours can be carried on with special instructions and cannot be checked. Um, now, it uses the term watt hours, which is not a term we commonly use in our hobby. We're more familiar with the the term amp hours or milliamp hours, but there's a pretty easy formula to, to convert amp hours uh, into the watt hours that they're talking about. And um, so amp hours versus watt hours... Uh, amp hours is a measure of the electric current and watt hours is a measure of the electric power. Um, the relationship between the two, uh, can be figured out by multiplying your current in amps by the voltage of the battery. And that will give you the power in Watts. So I, I ran that calculation on a couple of the common batteries we usually use. So for the two S graphene 950 milliamp hour, um, that is uh, 0.95 amp hour. Uh, times 7.4 volts brings you to 7.03. And then the nanotech, which is what my FDL uses, that's a 1.5 amp hour times the 11.1 voltage brings you to 16.65. So 
both of those batteries, and I would think that most of the batteries that we're using in the hobby fall well under that 100 watt hour um, mark. Um, but everybody in the hobby that I've talked to has always said, just carry it on. Um, and even more so if you have the, one of those blasters in your checked baggage, it's better to have the stuff separated. So uh, you definitely want to carry on your batteries okay. uh, on to, in, your, in your carry-on versus your checked luggage. Everything I've heard from other sources has definitely been about carrying on batteries. It, I'm that, sorry. That, what was that, Jesse? You, you started to break up again. Uh, everything I've heard is that you should carry on your batteries. Uh, you're not going to hit that limit unless you bring a lot of batteries. Right. Yeah, and, and like I said, even even though the TSA says on their their FAQ that you can check it if it's under that amount, it's still just better practice to carry it on, and then you can, you know, claim it as you're talking to the the TSA agent during security check. Um. The last thing that I've been worried about is what type of conditions my stuff is going to be subjected to while it's in the cargo hold and whatnot. Because I, you know, my entire blaster is 3D printed. Um, some of the gear I have on my belt for holding magazines and stuff is 3D printed. So, I, and I, I didn't know. So I was curious what type of conditions um, the cargo hold goes through. Um, so the example that I found um, is asking about uh, bringing chocolate. Um, and so what I found is that the, the cargo hold of a modern jet is pressurized and air-conditioned just like the passenger cabin to min- minimize internal stress. Um, but a lot of the, um, the components that deal with that are down in there as well. So depending on where uh, your your luggage is put in the cargo hold you might be in a warmer area or a softer area Um, but generally it's not going to get above a temperature that would melt the chocolates that it was talking about in this uh, example so if it's not going to melt chocolate it's not going to melt pla Um, but it might get pretty cold Uh, it talks about getting down as low as seven celsius Um, so uh, so your pla parts should be safe from uh, heat stress in a cargo hold. Good to know. Yeah. Anything to add, Jesse? I mean, I've only flown, you know, once or twice in my whole life, and I'm going to be honest that PLA, you're talking about having such a low glass transition temperature, but because airplanes and air travel is all about uh, making sure everything arrives in the same condition it left, they're more than likely not going to let anything be that hot. So it should be fine uh, at the most. Uh, you just don't want to try and compress a lot of your PLA-printed stuff, and that would even if a PLA-printed object is sitting under no compression it's really not going to do that much in terms of of messing with heat until it's way too hot. Um, it's just once it's under a pressure, will it matter? So it should be fine in the cargo hold. Now, the glass transition temperature of PLA is 63 Celsius, right? I think so. 
And so that translates to 145 degrees Fahrenheit. So it would have to be pretty darn hot in that cargo hold to hit the glass transition temperature. Yeah, and it could happen, but it's going to be unlikely, and it's going to probably be. It's going to probably what? Oh, I was just saying it could happen. Like there are freak accidents, but yeah, where and, like something isn't cooled correctly or something like that. But it's not going to likely happen. It's not uh, likely without and somebody. Yeah, without them realizing that something's going on. And also, if you do have your blaster protected in your checked luggage, it's going to take some time for that heat to radiate into your luggage where your blaster is uh, protected. So that will help some too. So those were my concerns with trying to get my gear down there. You know, um, when we were talking, we did discuss, you know, doing an Airbnb versus a a hotel, you know, and there's various trade-offs there. You know, we ended up going with the Airbnb because it is much more cost-effective, but uh, those are, there's not a whole lot of availability there. You know, I think when we started looking, uh, you know, we were, we booked ours right away as soon as the announcement was made and there was only about 20 Airbnbs in the area. And a couple of those were really expensive cause they were targeted towards larger groups. So of those 20, maybe, I don't know, maybe 15 were actually in our price range. And some of those were too far away for what we were hoping for. So there wasn't a whole lot of options there. And, and the other thing that you have to worry about doing an Airbnb is you're in somebody else's home. So and and some of those times even you're in somebody else's home that they're actively occupying. So you only get a part of oh, really? um the home to your for your use. You know, and if you have uh, multiple people or if you were hoping to have, you know, people over after the event to party like we yeah, we like had discussed. Yeah. Um that's uh you know, that's something you have to take into consideration for doing an Airbnb. Yeah, you get the, the better space and you get, you know, some of the comforts of home, but uh, you don't have as much um, freedom because you're in somebody else's um, personal space. Whereas if you go with a, you know, a hotel room or a suite or something along those lines, the uh, it's, it's less personal for the... Um, person who booked it to the to the owner of the space so you, you sometimes can get away with a little bit more but you don't have nearly as much space to work with so you know like hotels motels um, those tend to have a lot more availability and sometimes you know could be closer to the venue but you're not you're not getting nearly as much the uh, the space and the comforts of home so um, I, guess. I I will say that I spent uh, some time at an Airbnb for Athens this last year um, with Tybeck and Jangular. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was it was a good time doing there. I mean, it was very quiet for us. Uh, the house was a little bit off the beaten trail, so it wasn't like that close, but it wasn't too far. And hotel or motel and it's pretty comfy, um, and it worked out really well for for us because of the group that we were with. All three of us, you know, well, we had our wives, but uh, <laughs> we respected each other's space really well. And having a full kitchen was really nice, and 
being able to actually like have amenities that you don't typically get in a hotel. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our Airbnb. I think uh, we will definitely uh, feel more comfortable than uh, trying to squeeze as many people into our hotel room as we did. Oh my gosh, I was not jealous of that situation. Yeah, we we had... uh, (laughs) You guys were what, across the hall from me or something? A couple uh, doors down, yeah. We had... uh, Got people sleeping under the kitchen sink or the... the (laughs) So we had the, the suite that the Super 8 offered, and then we ended up somehow with nine or ten people in the room and it was supposed to be six people max it had three queen or yeah three queen size beds so it was two people per bed we somehow ended up with like nine people like it looked miserable tom and his fraternity brother were on the floor andrew uh and his wife had one of the beds and and their son (laughs) like crawled under the sink and and slept that's what i remember just with a comforter um you guys drove you guys got in late too we did that just sounded all around just like yeah, I honestly didn't mind it too much, um, but uh, we were cramped. So I'm definitely looking forward to having the comfortable space this year. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, don't... I mean, having, having a lot of rooms. I'm sorry, what was that? Having a lot more rooms, what? It was really nice just having having the extra room and like having the space because I would not deal do well with cramped up with people even even though i like y'all they're, <laughs> it's just it's just too close yeah and you know they, they always say you know sit out a mission if you need to don't risk your health to to play everything and i ended up having to do that for i think it was mission mission three or mission four one of the missions i ended up sitting out and um luckily everybody else all yeah. went out and played so i i had the room mostly to myself but if everybody had been there at the time that would have been you know, trying to trying to nurse myself back to health, that would have been a little bit uh, uh, nerve wracking. I will say that after FoamCon, we were just whipped. Uh, so we didn't do too much on that night, and then you know there was this whole like missions and things, and uh, yeah, we didn't make it to mission one. We showed up for mission two, and really we were almost team no mission. Like, I know Jay Nerf and Bo Willolo pulled that whole no mission uh, thing going, and that was pretty funny. I think I've missed that. What's what's the story there? Uh, so, I don't know if they were just avoiding the mission objectives or whatnot, but they were... The, the whole thing when I met up with them was hashtag team no mission. <laughs> so, were they, like, d- dossier hunting, or were they just out, like, walking the campus? You know, I don't know with those guys. I'm I'm sure they were dossier hunting. I'm sure they were doing other stuff related and just having fun. They're a bunch of goofballs and they're hilarious. And I'm sure they went and enjoyed themselves. But I was not going to Athens. It was a lot of fun. FoamCon tired me out. I missed out on even playing Iron Rush on FoamCon. And I would love to do that. Yeah, I missed out um, on doing that too. But Doing doing Envoy, like, at that point, we're already in Georgia, and we're tired from day one, and I'm like, do we need to do missions? Do we really? Like, we'll get out there. We'll go play a little bit, but... Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm super excited. Like, I was seriously considering joining Tom on Rescue Squad this year until I found out that the theme is Harry Potter, because that, that's a, a huge thing in our house, so I'm, I'm super excited 
to go see uh, End Wars take on a Harry Potter HBZ, having already been to Youngstown and, and seen them put on a very good uh, Harry Potter HBZ. So I'm, I'm yeah, hoping. and the one thing that I'm like, I know I'm. Uh, we lost you then. I get that people have fun with it. We, we lost you there again for a second. You know, you you, uh, you know the one thing. You know, I'm not going, but it is so exciting to see an event like and where happen. And I mean, in Georgia, and it's not exactly where we want it in Georgia, but it's pretty close, and I know people are going to have fun. Yeah. And uh, luckily, we'll have a fantastic documentarian with us, uh, you know, catching all the footage and, and so excited. we can enjoy it for now, years to come. Now, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of going back to the uh, traveling with your blasters. Now, the secret shot. So, say, I just walk through the airport. Just, you know, it's like my purse, you know. Don't worry about so it. So, your purse, you'll have to put through x-ray. And the second it goes through and they see a trigger mechanism. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would I would not take that in your carry on. It, it looks like a purse on the outside, but that won't hold up to X ray. Fine, <laughs> fine. I thought you were gonna go all th- uh, lightning bows, just I, a quiver of lightning bows. I'm only down to two at the club. Yeah, um, I'm definitely bringing one, but I gotta bring a secret shot. Yeah, and then I don't know. We'll see how it just goes. honestly, I'm so excited. I really hope somebody captures that footage of you just use the, using the bow and like doing and just panic mode, just like, like pressing the jewel to my secret shot. I'd be like, <laughs> no, no, I want to see you with the bow going all Legolas and just, you know, oh, yeah. launching mega darts at people. Now, should I get mega darts? Probably get them when I get there. I would not. I would not plan on buying anything nerf related in the town of Statesboro. Okay. <laughs> You know, maybe, I guess I could pack a you know, brick of 120. Maybe maybe we stop at a Walmart or something before we leave Savannah. But you got to think about that. So using the numbers from End War this past year, they had 700 people. You have 700 people coming into the city of Statesboro, and they're all going to be going to the same couple of retail yeah. and, and buying anything that is decent right. for our hobby. So I need 700 mega darts. <laughs> Only, only seven hundred. Honestly, if I were planning on going down, I would look for someone who's local just to find out if I can uh, send them. Detroit Dart Talk in the house. What's up, oh, Eric? Oh. Welcome, welcome, Eric. Are we live? We are. We are live. Th- thanks for uh, thanks Join for us. Discord bombing us. I didn't know you could do that. We uh, we're live in the studio. <laughs> only, only I can do it. <laughs> You've got uh, Connor and Tim in the studio, and we've got Grihas on on the line with us. Oh, that guy! Yeah. Okay, nice of you quiet, to show up. How do I quietly back out of this? <laughs> you can't Eric, now. Eric joins in, mutes Grihas. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. You joined I in. I don't right. know if I can do that. You joined in right as you we guys, were uh, uh, you starting guys in the to wrap of up. Something? We, like like an interview. What you talking about? We are at fifty eight minutes. We uh, we were talking about uh, traveling for End War. You know, I oh, okay, cool. So, some of my concerns. That sounds for, awesome. Why yeah. don't you guys just start from the beginning? <laughs> well, tell you what, when it goes live, you can hit play. Uh, uh, that, that's a hard burn. Walk a walk a walk. You know, so they told me that it was a packed house. You know. No, I just, uh, I literally just got, I got to my hotel room and, 
was checking the chat and I saw your I saw your uh, your icons in the uh, the voice channel. So figured there was something something was going on. Yeah, we uh, now it's a packed house. Yeah, no, we're we're just wrapping up our uh, our conversation. I mean, we talked about uh, you know when I was researching some of my concerns with TSA for you know traveling with blasters and things like that. Good spread spread the good spread the good word. People got to know everybody's a little scared about packing blasters. I think for the most part, oh, it'll yeah. be safe. Uh, um, I, I am going to reach out to Project FDL and, and ask them to broadcast their, their best practices for traveling air airways with an FDL. Good, good. I just I wanted to throw it in there. I checked, um, I checked before I headed out today, and there was some 350-something people. Uh, they were on the, uh, on the RSVP already. 200 at, saying going and like 150 saying they were uh, thinking about it. Yeah. So that's pretty good. I think it's going to be good numbers. I don't know if it'll be 2018 good numbers. Um, Who knows? It's hard to tell. With that many people like instantly signing on for going, it gives me hope that that it's going to be pretty crowded. I mean, beyond that, I have four friends who or, who said they're coming are making plans right now. And they're not even like, they're not on Facebook or in the Nerf hobby or anything like that. Oh, wow. So, I mean, eventually I'll get them to R- to RSVP, but like the word spreads and, uh, you know, they're going to, and don't worry, they're going to, they're going to get there. Well, except for one of them, Juan's going to stay with us, but, um, you know, the others are going to get their own place. Cool. So, well, yeah, I think there's going to be, uh, I think there's going to be a good crowd. Yeah. Tell them to book I've their seen, place soon. Guessing. Tell them hmm? to book their, tell them to book their place soon. Cause the, the few Airbnb, Airbnbs, uh, are, are quickly diminishing, you know, I, when, uh, when they'll probably just get a hotel, hotel honestly yeah i think they're just gonna get a regular hotel room yeah. eric i think when you and i were so. looking there was like 20 in the area and when i logged in earlier today just to uh to check there was only i think it said like seven or eight left so yeah so lodgings they're going up. And all the good ones are going for sure there's some weird ones like our guys book our guys booked the top of a really nice house is that but the one they ended up the going people- with the the yellow one with the red door not too far, beautiful country farm home, and they are um, taking the top floor, ah. which is above people who live there already. So, gotcha. yeah, kind of not the best, but they're not they're not out to party. You know, they're there to play. Right, and honestly, I don't know how much time we'll even spend in our in our place. But uh, honestly, yeah, 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 missions go pretty late, and unless we bail on a mission to recoup. I don't think we have an official schedule, but, um, you know, rumblings and murmurings, you know, indicate it'll go pretty late, right? Yeah. And all I can say is you guys have fun with that. I will watch from the sidelines here in Michigan. Yeah. We'll miss you down there. We'll FaceTime you. We'll duct tape an iPad to Tom's face. and (laughs) Oh, to the uh, the mobility board. Yeah. Well, I have an Android, so I can't do FaceTime. I'm sorry. Uh, We'll Skype it. We'll, I will. Videos. I'm totally we'll up for it. We'll get a Terra Scout and we'll, we'll somehow we'll, get you uh, to. Oh yeah. We'll YouTube live stream it from the Dirt Club uh, channel. No, but my face has to be down there, so I oh. will. I we will hook that up where I will somehow <laughs> link up with you. And I mean, there is video chat with Androids. I just don't know which one. Yeah. We'll, we'll make Tom your avatar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the. Fit- Physical avatar. I am the back of Tom is Grihas and the yeah. front of Tom. Talk Should to I whichever side you're interested in. We'll uh, we'll we'll get a couple of uh, 
solenoid pushers hooked up to his hair. So when you want him to turn left, you you hit the one solenoid. It and just it pulls punches his... him in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Kind of like Spurs. Yeah, it it oh, it, it, it hits it hits his head behind his right ear. He knows he needs to turn right. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> oh, Tom, you don't even know what you're missing. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I do do it. I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, but um the FaceTime thing, I think Discord has a video functionality. I know it has screen share and I believe it has video functionality. Oh, um we can even test it after this real quick. Um yeah. just uh, after the, the podcast is over, we can do a quick test right, with that, me. Yeah, that might be an option. So we'll have to, we'll have to all, all right. All sorts you guys, of options uh, for Endor. You guys you might as well stick on with us. Yeah. We're about to close out, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've pretty much set our piece. So uh, we'll move into shout outs. Shout it out. Um, you go first. Uh, shout out to Jackie, specifically from Project FDL, because I've been working on my FDL 3, and she has been there at every turn. Every time I had a question, she has, without reserve, helped me out. And, and there's actually a... Uh, a chat on the or a thread on the FDL user group now for asking all the different questions for because uh, of you. <laughs> no, I I think it actually popped up like it was it was in Jesse's mind to do that before I started uh, yeah. pestering Jackie. But yeah, it saves him a lot of hassle. Yeah, Jackie has has been an amazing customer service representative of Project FDL for me personally. So mm-hmm. thank you so much, Jackie, for putting up with me eric you have any shout outs who's you <laughs> me <laughs> no he's, he Greg, said he's, you got any shout outs no, eric he said you he said eric do you have any shout outs oh i missed that part yeah oh, it, it's okay. it's been a little choppy here in the studio tonight uh, i'm gonna go ahead and shout out um the uh the thunder from down under bradley phillips with his side-by-side FDL comparison that I am a big fan of. Oh, I, he, I, he has the, the, the one with the short dart nose and the one with the long dart nose, and he did a side-by-side short length, short dart, half to, uh, full dart comparison. I saw the and video. I haven't watched it yet. I need, to, I need to go home and watch that now. Do you want me to spoil it for you? No. No, Guys, go, go, buy, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Buy, buy, buy worker short darts. Or properly made short darts. Cutting your own short darts is just not the same. Uh, my wallet hates you. Uh, I, I have to buy another front end. I have to buy another nose for my FDL and three now. Yeah, basically the result of his video, but still go watch it. Uh, but the the <laughs> and I feel bad. the The end result of the video is that with the FDL um, full length, uh, so full length Accufakes versus full length workers. Or no, sorry, half length workers there is um, negligible FPS difference between the two and accuracy is, is improved. Hmm. All right. I got to go watch the video now. And that's over a distance. He's got a distance too, but that's my only shout out. Uh, cool. Connor, you me? Um, hmm. Uh, maybe a uh, foam blast. I'm enjoying those weekend nerf. Yeah, they've they've Videos done they've this taken weekend nerf. they've yeah. taken the uh, the this torch from nerf. from Jangular and, and run very well with it. Yeah, those are pretty entertaining. Nice. Yeah. The puns, yeah. I'm jealous of pun skills. I don't have that talent. 
I wish I had pun skills because they're so cool right now. <laughs> Jesse you? or Grijas, you got something? Uh, well, Eric, Eric for joining late yeah. because oh. better late than never. That's a good uh, shout out. Right as soon as I could, ASAP. Uh, man, man, that was late, like fifty-eight minutes in. Uh, but no, otherwise that just everybody showed up to. Uh, the competitive night because we had a good showing. I know it wasn't 5v5, but we had a good 4v4 run. Um, you had, you know, Chris, Pete, Sam, Brett, uh, Eric. Where, also, Eric, where the heck was Michelle? Oh, she doesn't want to play that. No, come on. She's so good in, in everything else. She might give it a try eventually, but uh, she, not unless we get her like a face mask or something. We don't have Oh, yeah, I, I completely understand that part. But, um, again, just all the people that showed up, I, I mean, we had so much fun just going out there and getting it. And the more yeah. we do that, it's a blast. I'm so... Yeah, it was, it was a good event. Good group. You guys still there? Yeah, yeah we're still <laughs> we're here. We're still here. You guys aren't quite. Uh, this poor <laughs> internet connection. Well... Uh, what was that? We we need time. Hopefully that last part got recorded. Yeah, no, it did. I mean, to... everybody in the audience, apologize for yeah. the technical difficulties right now. Hopefully this is coming through. Yeah, I mean, Grias... I can hear myself just fine. Yeah, yeah. we can hear you. Yeah, Grias, to put this in perspective, <laughs> when when we came into recording today, we thought it was going to be us and Tom and no Eric, and it ended up being us and Eric and no Tom. And we're really happy you were able to do this, yeah, Grihas. Yeah, it would have just been. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Tim. Yeah. No, we we definitely appreciate oh, you jumping in and having fun. We uh, we do intend to have you back on the the episode, um, or on the show at some. Well, point. I hope at some point I will be able to do it in studio rather than yeah, being absolutely. at home. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, eventually. we're just happy you were able to do this. Well, Good deal. Wh- why don't we uh, why don't we take our uh, listeners out here uh, for Connor, Eric on the. Uh, the discord Grihas uh, on the discord this is tim and we'll see you next time free stuff <laughs> hashtag free stuff <laughs>